Thank you for tuning in to the Global Novel. I'm Claire Hennessy. Translation studies is an academic interdiscipline dealing with the systematic study of the theory, description, and application of translation, interpreting, and localization. After I talked with Thierry Gunston, whose work on comic theory was translated and introduced to the Anglophone world by Bart Beatty and Nick Wynn, today I speak with these two translators who will share with us their experience and insights of translating theory. Hello, Bart and Nick. Could you please introduce yourselves? My name is Bart Beatty, and I am a professor in the Department of English at the University of Calgary in Canada. Hello, my name is Nick Nguyen. I am a archivist at an international organization that's situated in Brussels, Belgium. Great to have both of you on the show. First of all, where can we situate the Franco-Belgian School of Visual Semiotics within the continental philosophical tradition? And where can we place Gungsten in the Franco-Belgian School of this field? I think uh, understanding the origins of the study of comics in the Franco-Belgian um, tradition really comes uh, out of a combination of uh, two forces that overlap. So there is the semiotic uh, tradition um, on the one hand, uh, where we can uh, uh, think of Roland Barthes or Umberto Eco as important uh, forerunners, but also uh, sort of paradoxically uh, a fan-driven uh, uh, a fan-driven phenomenon where in the 1960s we began to see uh, highly educated uh, comic book fans uh, organizing knowledge for the first time in uh, non-academic uh, sectors, but uh, in ways that uh, echoed uh, in some ways the traditions of uh, academic scholarship. So uh, we begin to see the first uh, organizations of exhibitions of comics art. We begin to see uh, 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 fan historians uh, coming together to uh, develop uh, publishing histories, checklists of important works, and so on. Um, and these organizations uh, kind of loosely based around Paris in the 1960s, begin to uh, to publish fanzines, fan magazines, organize uh, symposia, organize workshops, and so on, and begin the struggle uh, to uh, understand the formal elements of comics in a way that really uh, echoes the work that was being done in film studies. Comic studies in France and Belgium, I think, owes a lot to the experience of film studies from a decade uh, prior. And so if we think, uh, and if your listeners think, for instance, uh, of the development uh, of writing, of academic writing on film comes out of uh, the Cinematheque and filmmakers like Godard and Truffaut uh, and so on, who become the kind of professionals uh, who are tied into uh, and lead the way in some ways for the academics. The same thing happens on the comics side. Uh, Grunstein uh, arrives much later than that, so he's not uh, someone who's involved in the 1960s, uh, but he comes out of that same tradition. So he was the editor of Cahiers de la Bande Dessinée, uh, which was a non-academic magazine about writing uh about comics, uh, had criticism, had interviews with important uh, artists and uh, so on. But under his leadership really became more and more nuanced and sophisticated and analytic uh, and started to take on bigger and bigger uh, questions uh, surrounding uh, 
the, the role and operation of comics. Um, and so as he uh, and his colleagues at that uh, magazine started to explore these questions, I think it was a natural inclination of his to, to drive it uh, further and further uh, to the point that he decided to do his uh, dissertation um, in this area. But uh, by the time he started writing um, what became a system of comics, uh, there were a couple of decades worth of uh, fanish and semi-professional semiotic analysis uh, in France and Belgium for him to draw on and uh, respond to. In terms of Echo, as Grunstein uh, comes along at a specific moment, let's say in, in history and in time, where he's following, you know, this lead. And uh, again, his first monograph comes along in 1980, and he actually starts, or he organizes a major comic symposium in 1987, um, which gathers one of the first kind of large, you know, um, gatherings of both cartoonists and, and theoreticians and practitioners. And if I'm not mistaken, Système de la Bande dessinée is also um, his, uh, his, his dissertation as well that he submits uh, in the late 90s, which then becomes published uh, in 99 as Système de la Bande dessinée. Mm -hmm. Well, Grunstein's work is deemed as groundbreaking in terms of the operation of the language of comics, and I believe so is its translation. So could you please talk about what this translation means for the Anglophone world of comic studies? I looked it up just uh, the other day um, to see how widely this work had been taken up because, you know, you always get your own impressionistic sense. Uh, and I noted that it had more than 1,300 uh, citations at this point, which is really gratifying. I think uh, the, the book really came out uh, at a time when, in the English-speaking uh, and reading world, the major uh, formalist work on comics was Scott McCloud's Understanding Comics. And Understanding Comics is a fascinating book. Uh, it is used uh, as the kind of introductory textbook in many, many, many uh, introductory comics uh, classes at universities around uh, the world. But it has a lot of limitations. I've used it uh, as a textbook uh, dozens of times in my own courses. And I find with that book, you constantly introduce students to uh, these ideas. And then you say, well, hold on. There are these reservations that we might have about it. Because McLeod is not an academic. He is uh, a cartoonist himself. He's an autodidact. Um, and so it's an interesting book, but with limitations. Grunstein's book uh, was really received in some ways as a rejoinder to McLeod, um, even though I don't think uh, in any way uh, uh, he set out to uh, write it that way. McLeod isn't that discussed um, in the book, uh, but it became sort of the second uh, dense theoretical work on comics form. And so people who were attracted to uh, writing on that topic were going to cite one or the other or both uh, of those works. And so uh, some of his ideas, I think, have really uh, moved into the mainstream of uh, comics study, uh, partly because for about a decade, the study of comics form was probably the driving uh, issue in uh, in comics studies. That, uh, that is, that scholars were trying to uh, create a language uh, that would separate uh, comic studies from uh, other fields uh, like literary studies or film studies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, too, uh, you know, but, uh, the point about McLeod and the timing, if I remember correctly, McLeod is 95. Prior to that, the main one of the main textbooks was, again, by another artist, uh, Will Eisner. Um, mm -hmm. So that pretty much dominated a lot of the terms that, uh, you know, again, that were circulating and again, before even comic studies becomes a, an actual thing, 
um, you know, as an accredited uh, field of discipline uh, in, in, in the North American university system. I mean, at most, at most uh, if I remember correctly, and Bart, please correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of, a lot of comics work uh, being done at the academic level at that time was coming out of English departments. So finding, you know, you finding useful vocabulary, specific academic, if you want to call it vocabulary or jargon, um, mm -hmm. you know, is is pretty nascent at this at this moment in time. So the the timing again, I'm all about the timing. The timing of the uh, of Grimstein's uh, book, you know, arriving uh, in a French context, um, and then finally, and I think that was part of the reasons why it was selected for translation. It's like, hey. Now's as good of a time as any, um, as things are starting to grow, that we can start offering alternative, um, you know, uh, European continental perspectives on this growing field. I would just add to what uh, Nick has said. It is absolutely right that there's a being the dominance uh, of in comic studies in the North American context that the work comes out of literature departments, whether English lit or comp lit or French uh, language programs and so on. And that meant initially that a lot of the early scholarship, it would, you know, talk about uh, thematic elements uh, and so on that are very familiar to uh, scholars in, in literature departments. But a lot of those scholars did lack uh, a specific uh, uh, terminology and lens through which to read the visual elements. And so I think Grunstein's uh, analysis of visual elements, his uh, consideration of the page uh, as the basis of meaning, uh, the way that he talks about uh, braiding and weaving uh, across time and through works and so on. Um, ideas like uh, mise-en-page become very important to English, uh, to people trained in English that might have lacked the background in art history, but still need to talk about the visual elements uh, of a, a, an art form that is primarily visual. Mm -hmm. How did you guys find his thesis, his dissertation? What inspired you to translate his work? And when was that initial recognition that, wow, this is a brilliant work and it's going to bring so much impact on the world of comics and that it needs to be translated into English immediately? Now, I met uh, Thierry Grunstein Oh, probably dozens of times um, before uh, done the work. I think the first time I would have met him would have been at uh, the ICAF conference, which in the 90s was the only uh, kind of dedicated uh, scholarly conference about comics held every year in North America. And Terry was brought over in the late, I want to say about 97 to Washington, D.C. to give one of uh, the keynote uh, addresses. I remember uh, he was there with um, uh, the cartoonist Claire Brethache as the international guest of honor. I remember sitting on the back of a, a bus as we were being taken uh, somewhere to uh, go and uh, see an exhibition somewhere in uh, in Washington um, and to a couple of the events at that conference. So I'd known him for quite some time, and I would see him every year at the Angoulême Comics Festival uh, at the uh, end of January, uh, every year the largest comics festival held in France. Um, so we were acquaintances. Uh, I was aware of his work. I remember buying uh, his book uh, when it came out um, and reading it with interest and then being asked by the University Press of Mississippi uh, whether or not I thought it should be uh, translated. So it was submitted to them 
uh, they, uh, they, they thought, okay, they asked me to do a referee's report, uh, on the published book, which is a bit odd, you know, normally you do this on a manuscript, uh, and you would suggest revisions. And in this case, it really wouldn't be suggesting revisions. It's just, uh, giving a yes or no, uh, I think this is an important work to be translated. And of course I said, yes, I, it is an important work. And I thought, uh, it would be of great interest to, uh, readers in North America and the English speaking world. Uh, and I said so, and then some time passed and I said, okay, well, we're going to do this uh, book, but the person that they had hired to do the translation dropped out of the project. Um, he felt that, uh, it was going to take too, too long and, uh, wasn't going to pay enough money. And so, uh, there was just, uh, wasn't going to be remunerative for him. And, uh, did I know anybody else who would like to do it or might I like to do it, uh, myself? And I thought about it for a while and said, well, that'd be an interesting project. Um, I had lived in Montreal and my French was pretty good, but I'd moved to Calgary where no one speaks French. And I felt like my French was being <laughs> a bit, I thought, well, okay, this would be a good way to, uh, to kind of test myself. Um, but I was also confident that I didn't want to do the work myself. And so I suggested, uh, that Nick come in, that his French was stronger than mine, uh, and that we might uh, divide the work, uh, and do it that way. Right. So actually, I just want to rewind a bit because to add to what Tabart was saying, to just in case some of your readers don't know what the acronym ICAF means, <laughs> the International Comic <laughs> and Arts uh, Forum, right? Uh, Bart Forum, right? Yeah, it started as festival and then changed its name to a forum somewhere around 2000, I think. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's. This is the this is this was a major uh, let's say exchange, especially between American uh, academics. And European uh, artists, especially, um, there was a lot of crossover happening. And if I'm not mistaken, Bart, uh, it was Guy Spielman at uh, head of the French department at uh, Georgetown. That was one right. of the that was one of the key um, drivers behind that. Uh, you know that this this con this conference, if you want to call it. And so it was there that that exchange too that I for myself when I started to, to go when I uh, with Bart actually. It became my first encounter with this kind of academic exchange, right? Um, and so again, part of it is the timing, right? Again, this is late nineties, right? There's been, there's this kind of, of uh, acceleration, um, and progression towards the, you know, an interest in what's going on in Europe right now. And again, coming out at the same time as, uh, you know, with McLeod's book, um, starting a discussion. Uh, hey, let's talk about comics in a certain kind of way. And, oh, what's going on in Europe? And how are they talking about it in a certain kind of way? You know, a focus on form, the beginning of, you know, academic interest and, and dissertations about comics form starting to come along. Um, and so I think this kind of perfect storm of, of, of events basically allows, you know, again, brings the interest for, uh, Thierry's book to come, come, come out as an, uh, you know, as a, as a continental, um, uh, alternative to McLeod's, you know, dominant text at the time. And at the time when, when McLeod's book came out, it was, you know, I remember when I first read it, I was just like, it was quite, uh, visionary for me because it was the first time I'd actually, here's an engagement trying to speak to it, uh, about comics on its own terms by someone who practices. But now, you know, along comes, uh, here's this alternative version coming from a very different tradition, using very specific language to draw in another crowd, right, to, 
And that was the challenge. And that was the interest for me. It was just like, okay, now, you know, I'd like to become engaged in this process, um, uh, especially of this cross-cultural exchange, right? And that's a lot of what my interests, my own, that's a lot about my own uh, academic interests as well, um, especially the Franco-American exchange um, with respect to cinema and comics. So this is a, this was a, when Bart asked me to join in, um, on this project, I was thrilled to do so because it became my way to, to participate into this larger discussion. There's a, the one other thing I would mention is because Nick is really, I think correctly emphasizing the timing of all this. It's not just that ICAF um, existed at that time, although that was incredibly important, but it was also that the university press of Mississippi had decided under the directorship of Sita Srinivasan to uh, invest in the area of comic studies. And so they were really the one press uh, in North America that was interested in this area. So comic studies has existed in the English speaking world. Um, you know, only around a few scholars, Don Alt, um, David Kunzel, uh, Tom Inge, and Tom Inge uh, convinced the University of uh, Press of Mississippi to start publishing work on comics, including Joseph Wittig's uh, book in 1989. Um, and then um, in the early 2000s, late 90s and early 2000s, started to move more and more in that direction. They published Charles Hatfield's book. They published my book, uh, for example. And those books were successful for them. And so they decided that they wanted to try and corner the market on comic studies. And this was very much them reaching out and saying, okay, maybe we should start translating these books. It will help us build this line um, even more forcefully. And there, while many, many presses have now started publishing work in comic studies, uh, Mississippi is still sort of the flagship uh, uh, publisher, even though they've changed editors uh, over time. And so Setha uh, left and we ended up working with Walter Biggins on this, but the press has, was always tremendously supportive of this kind of work in a way that um, many other university presses, I think, would have been reluctant to uh, take on this work. I, re I remember even in the kind of mid-2000s, uh, some of the, you know, uh, bigger flagship state university presses, University of California Press and so on, uh, were skeptical of work in comic studies. And so I think without Sita's uh, foresight uh, and Walter's uh, commitment to the area as well, um, comic studies would not be in the place that it is today. Wow. What an inspiring experience. So what are at stake for such an ambitious project at the level of syntactical, semantic, ideological, or even beyond? I, I think there's, um, you know, Nick and I were discussing this the uh, the other day, um, trying to, uh, you know, look back now uh, a decade and a half uh, later and think through exactly what is the kind of major accomplishments um, of uh, this book. And I think so much of it is at the level of opening up formal analysis to uh, to new ways of understanding that um, Grunstein came to the study of comics uh, with a tremendous understanding of semiotics, the history of semiotics, uh, semiotic theory, and so on, but also um, a ridiculous uh, uh, knowledge of the state of uh, comics uh, publishing at the time. And you know, just looking at the book again, uh, his examples are always so wide ranging and so well chosen. And uh, I think some of them are even lost on uh, English language readers because he's referencing books that have uh, 
had tremendous influence in Europe but never been translated uh, in the United States. And so they lose occasionally uh, the sense of, of how strong uh, his choices are. But uh, he has, um, you know, a kind of authorial understanding of the way comics work. He himself uh, has been a comics publisher. He is a comics creator. He's written scripts for comics. We hope you have enjoyed the episode so far. If you want to hear the entire episode, you can subscribe at theglobalnovel.com slash subscribe. Thank you so much for listening.